Ken and Mark, the Home Talk Guys, and today we are broadcasting 333 feet underground in a cave on property here at the Lumberjack Lodge, which overlooks our bucolic little town. And you know, the caves in our area pretty much stay a consistent 58 degrees year-round, so it's a bit nippy down here. Yeah, that it is. You know, it's a perfect time to test out those electric lawn johns you recently bought at Hank's Hardware and Haberdashery. <laughs> you know, I, I thought the same thing until I realized you know, I forgot to charge the built-in lithium-ion batteries. <laughs> oh, you knucklehead. Hey, you know what? Maybe I can fix that. I'll tell you what. During our first break, I'll hike back out and get the extension cord out of the truck, and I'll set up the emergency solar panel I keep behind the seat. <laughs> you know, that's fine, except for we're 300 feet from the surface, and your longest extension cord is maybe 100 feet. Right, right, but work with me. Did you notice when we came into the cave, there was a stream close to the mouth of the cave, mm. and it runs all the way down here and continues on, and it's consistently running over and by these salt deposits? Yeah, so what's that have to do with powering my long johns? Ah, <laughs> uh -huh, grasshopper, learn from the master. Yeah, well, that would be great, but the only one here is you. <laughs> Funny. Here, here's my thinking. Through application of the Stokes flow equation and partial differential form of Ohm's law, I calculate that if I cut the extension cord in half, I can plug in the male end to the hot solar panel and place the bare wires of the extension cord into the river. Scary. Wait a minute. Uh, but I, I think I may know where you're headed with this. Scary nothing. It's brilliant. So here's here what we do. With all the salt in the water, the electrical current should easily travel a couple hundred yards. So I then take the female half of the extension cord, put the bare wires in the, uh, in the stream down here, and plug the female into your long johns. Yeah, you know, this is nice. In fact, I think I'm feeling warmer already. But folks, even though my brother may think he's Tesla or Edison, <laughs> do not try this at home, please. <laughs> well, that may be true, but I think it'll work. Anyway... You know, um, the fact is, we both need to be on the top of our game to help solve our listeners' home and home repair questions. I can't have some cold, stiff, conserving heat while I do <laughs> all the heavy lifting. Although, come to think of it, I guess I'm kind of used to doing the heavy lifting around yeah, here. Yeah, yeah. Funny, funny. Hey, you know, it's actually even funnier that you should mention cold stiffs. What's funny about that? Oh, so I take it you didn't hear... With Slim Jim, owner and undertaker and head makeup artist down at the last stop funeral on taxidermy, what he did lately. No. Uh, you know what? I try and avoid anything to do with funeral homes. Well, I know you've heard of Mr. Riley, owner of the Blue Jays Roofing. Recently, he passed away. Right, right. I was sad to hear that. Well, in preparing for his funeral, his wife went to the last stop funeral home in taxidermy to meet with Slim Jim to make final arrangements. You know, I suspect, as head undertaker here in the Sawmill Valley, old Slim Jim has handled most funeral arrangements for all families in this parts. Yeah, you're probably right there. Well, anyway, Mr. Riley's widow, his widow, as I say in my language, told Slim Jim that she wanted her husband to be buried in a dark blue suit. <laughs> I can see that. You know, Mr. Riley named his business Blue Jay Roofing because he loved the color blue. Well, apparently Slim Jim didn't realize that, and he asked uh, Mrs. Riley, wouldn't it just be easier to bury him in the black suit that he's wearing? No, Mrs. Riley insisted. It must be a blue suit, but uh, that's what he wanted, and she gave him a blank check to buy a nice blue suit. 
Okay, I get it. She's uh, respecting her husband's final wishes. That's cool. Blue well, suit. at least she's trying to. Trying? Well, listen up. The day for the wake arrived and Mrs. Riley returned to the last stop funeral home for the viewing. Mm -hmm. Slim Jim kindly greeted her and escorted her to view her husband before all the other folks arrived. Right, that's always a solemn time. I assume he got the blue suit? Well, when Mrs. Riley looked at her husband in the coffin, sure enough, he was wearing a beautiful blue suit. Well done. That's what Mrs. Riley said, too. She told Slim how much she appreciated and loved the suit and asked how much did it cost. Well, that makes sense. Final arrangements can get really expensive. But knowing Slim Jim, I'm sure he managed costs fairly. Well, he sure did. Slim told Mrs. Riley, actually, the blue suit didn't cost anything. Wow, how's that? Well, he told her, the funniest thing happened. As soon as you left here the other day, another corpse was brought in, and that one was wearing a blue suit. I noticed <laughs> that they were about the same size, so I asked the other widow if she would mind if her husband was buried in a black suit. <laughs> <laughs> that may be a little too thrifty. Yeah, well, perhaps. <laughs> so was Mrs. Riley okay with the idea? Well... Slim told Mrs. Riley that the widow of the other corpse was fine with her husband being buried in a black suit. So, Slim Jim told Mrs. Riley, Well, I, I just switched the heads. <laughs> switched the heads, huh? <laughs> you goofball, that's, that's awfully macabre. Uh, exactly. Hey, it is almost All Hallows' Eve, you know. Yeah, that's a valid point. However, note to self, make clear and will to be buried with all body parts intact. <laughs> you, you might even want to clarify that the body parts all be OME, original manufacturer equipment, no aftermarket parts. <laughs> A good point. Hey, speaking of original equipment, you know, I learned something new this week. Man, did it have to do with calculus? Calculus? Yeah. You know, calculus has a steep learning curve. But at least you know exactly how steep the learning curve is. <laughs> you know, we should double-check your birth certificate. You may be an alien. Is this one of those birth <laughs> birther controversies? Calculus, calculus is not what I meant. I learned a simple alternative to using name-brand dryer sheets. Most of us generally use a dryer sheet one time, and then off to the landfill it goes. Well, I don't know about you, but I've solved this problem years ago. You did? How'd you do that? Well, I just don't use them. <laughs> <laughs> well, that explains why you always have lint huh? sticking to your clothes and your pant legs are hiked up on your socks like, like right now. Sure, sure. You make fun, but I'm saving in two ways. I don't have the expensive dryer sheets. Hey, and I can wear a greater selection of pants I find at the rummage sale. <laughs> <laughs> How is that? Well, think about it. Folks can't tell if my pants are too short when my pant legs are sticking to my socks. <laughs> <laughs> you know, flood pants are designer now. <laughs> Culottes. Uh, when will I learn to stop asking you questions? <laughs> There's a good question in itself. That may work for you. But for the rest of us preferring not to have constant static cling on our clothes, I learned that you can toss a ball of aluminum foil into a dryer to eliminate static cling and add a washcloth moistened with some white vinegar for fabric softener. Whoa, whoa wait a minute. You mean I can actually take the aluminum I have it wrapped around my TV antenna and use it to remove <laughs> static cling? You're kidding me. You're kidding me. Are you telling me after all these years you still use aluminum foil and TV antennas to watch TV? Well, it works better than the coat hanger trick. <laughs> so now, come on. What do you think? I'm a dinosaur? 
I only use this when my neighbor's Wi-Fi signal is too weak for me to use his Netflix. <laughs> you are one cheap son of a gun. Hey, wait a minute. I prefer parsimonious. <laughs> okay. Speaking of that, did I tell you I sold my vacuum recently? No. Why in the world would you do that? Because all it did was collect dust. <laughs> Bada boom. Hey, you walked right into that one. All right. Can we get back to the show now? That's bad stuff. I thought we were on the show. Oh, well. <laughs> well, and remember, you have to be punctilious with our flashlight. If you waste the batteries and lose our light, we won't be able to see our hand in front of our face, let alone find our way out of this place. Okay, okay. I get it. I get it. All right. Well, what do you say we listen to America's handiest handyman, those masters of the honeydew, Max and Vinny? All right. You know, I always pick up a tip or two from those guys. Roll the tape. Wait, 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 wait. Roll tape? Come on, man. It's the 21st century. Using tape to record is about as common as, I don't know, maybe uh, wearing tube socks. Really? That's uncommon? <laughs> We're in the digital age, man. Analog is Neanderthal, or Neanderthal, as some people say. And why are you pulling your pant legs down in uh, the middle well, of the show? What? Wait, wait, wait a minute. <laughs> are you wearing tube socks? Hey, hey, I thought we were going to listen in on Max and Vinny now, so roll the tape or uh, whatever makes audio play these days. <laughs> Yo, Max, this is the best time of the year to be working outside. Yes, uh, cool mornings, uh, warm days, beautiful displays of a color on the trees. <laughs> Do you know it's believed the first tree was a Watiza, a prehistoric tree genus now extinct? Hey, and did you know trees have been on the earth for more than 380 million years? <laughs> yeah, Maxie, that's older than you. <laughs> You're funny guy, Vinny. Hey, do you have the oil for this a chainsaw? Absolutely. Here you go. Thanks. Hey, you know, even though this tree is dead and now presents a risk of falling on the customer's house, it still pains me to cut it down. Think of all it's seen over its long life. Mm, I can understand how you feel. Look up there, parts of a tree fort. And I noticed early on that a big branch over there, uh, indentations from where a tire swing or a rope swing once hung. <laughs> yep. These trees are amazing. Do you know the oldest known tree called Methuselah is approximately, uh, I think, maybe like 5,000 years old. Just think of all it's seen. It has seen a lot and could tell some amazing stories, I'm sure. All right, now, let's tie this tree off to that healthy tree over there to help guide the tree away from the customer's house. We don't want <laughs> any chance of it accidentally hitting the house. Yeah. Uh, that wouldn't like, they wouldn't like that. Uh, no. Boy, hey, you know, this arborist work is enjoyable, even though it can be risky at times. Speaking of arborist, do you know who is the happiest member of an arborist crew? The happiest member of an arborist crew? No, who? Oh, Maxie, it's the chipper. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good one. You know, Vinny, a real arborist have amazing responsibilities. Since trees take so long to grow, proper care is important. Oh, for sure, Maxie. And there are more than 100,000 types of trees. Hmm. So professional arborists have to know a lot. Unlike lumberjacks who specialize in one area of tree work, yelling timber. <laughs> 
there's a little bit more to a lumberjack job than that. Uh, it also takes a skill. Uh, that's true. Hey, say, do you know how lumberjacks account for the trees they've cut down? Hmm? Hey, they keep a log. <laughs> oh, Vinny, after they made you, they threw away the mold. You are a one of a kind. Oh, thanks, Max. Hey, you know, maybe I should have been an arborist. Those trees just amaze me. Majestic creations that offer so much. That's a true. Think about all the homes we have built and repaired using the lumber. Homes that bring comfort and safety to so many. Even even this tree, Maxie, dead as it is, can still impact lives. Its wood could be milled into flooring or turned into furniture, and parts of it can be fueled to bring warmth on a cold night. <laughs> you are a poetic, my friend. Uh, yeah, as I look up to the top of these trees, my eye is taken heavenward. Max, do you know that the tallest tree known to man was just discovered back in 2006 in California? Wow. I didn't know that. Yep, a giant, giant coast redwood measuring, get this, 379 feet. That's almost 40 stories. <laughs> they named it Hyperion from the classical mythical meaning Titan. Uh, I think they estimate it 700 to 800 years old. That would be a sight to see. It would, Maxie, but... To protect it from possible damage often associated with heavy tourism, Hyperion's exact location has never been revealed. Vinny, you are like a walking encyclopedia. Well, I just love trees. Well, me too. Hey, now that we have this tree tied off, uh, let's fire up at the chainsaw and try and land it right over there. Okay, uh, that looks like a good landing area. Let's get our gloves, eye protection, and hard hats. Okay. Hey, say, Max, I've been thinking. Do you know what a lumberjack and a trio of Irishmen have in common? <laughs> no, but I think I soon will. <laughs> They're both tree fellers. <laughs> Vinny, Vinny, Vinny. All right, I'm going to start the chainsaw. There's a reason they call them America's handiest handyman. They can do it all. Yeah, and they do it well. Mm. Or is it they do it good? Ooh, another valid question, Grasshopper. Allow me to digress uh, for just a minute and uh, provide a little elucidation on the placement of an adjective before the noun it modifies or after the noun by joining the two with a linking verb. Let's go. Uh, no digression, please. It's okay, really. Like you said, <laughs> we have a show to do. Come on, it won't even take a minute. Besides, you want to try and learn something new every day. Hey, I already learned something new today. Like what? Well, I learned that... Um, no, that was yesterday. Let's, let's, oh, I learned that if you're floating down a river and get cold, lighting a fire in your boat to stay warm is not really a good idea. What do you mean? Well, I mean, you can't have your kayak and heat it, too. Oh, jeez. As Dad used to say, you are a first-class dingling. Anyway, let's take a break for a word from an exclusive Home Talk Guy sponsor. Oh, man, that is probably the best idea you've had this morning. You know, we look far and wide. High and low, 
left and right. Okay, okay, they get it, they get uh, it. Well, anyway, these are one-of-a-kind sponsors with products we know you won't find anywhere else. We guarantee it. So listen up carefully. Don't take off to the bathroom right now. This is the Home Talk Guys Radio Network, and we'll be right back. Hi, Mark here for Emerald Stone, CEO and owner of Backup Buddy. Do you do building and remodeling or just honeydew list? Well, our company's goal is to help you, yes, you, get your way. Does your project get bogged down because too many people want to say and what to do? You want tennis courts, but the spouse and kids want a pool. You like the bathroom faucet, but someone else wants a new one. You say red, they say green. You say higher, they say lower. Are you just tired of not having support on your side? Well, then Back Up Buddy Consulting is your answer. The next time your project runs into gridlock, do this. Tell your opposing family or friends that you know a person with a lot of experience in exactly what you are trying to resolve, that you will ask him or her to stop by and give an opinion. Then call us and we will schedule a backup buddy to arrive when you want. We guarantee he or she will make it clear beyond a reasonable doubt that you have the best idea hands down and that he or she totally agrees with your assessment. You will finally have the support needed to keep the project going. Our future ads right here on Home Talk Guys will explain more of our services, including those for small contractors. As per government regs and red tape, we are required to include the following disclaimer. Backup Buddy is not, has never been, and will never be licensed, regulated, or approved by any government or country, or for that fact, any sensible organization. Though we guarantee to agree and back up your position, there is no guarantee that we will actually ever be your buddy. At Backup Buddy, we've got your back. I'm here to tell you, Backup Buddy really works. And I'm not just saying that because they're a show sponsor. Uh, uh, what did you use them for? <laughs> Listen to this. They helped me convince my wife that an updated big screen TV for my man cave was more critical than fixing those leaks we've had in the roof for a while so we could remove the blue tarp. Oh, man, if they could do that, they really do work. They do. Hey, oh, by the way, um, I forgot to tell you, but your wife called and asked me for their number earlier this past Wednesday. What? Wednesday? Did you give it to her? Well, of course. Why not? Oh, dadgummit, that explains it. That explains what? Mm. Well, on Thursday, she was trying to convince me she needed to replace her entire wardrobe with a, quote, when a, and while she was trying to do that, a, quote, friend, close quote, of hers that I had never seen before showed up. Dadgummit. <laughs> Let me guess. She got a new wardrobe. Hey, hey, let's uh, stop yapping, okay? It's time for our tip of the week segment, a spot in our show where we feature insightful tips from top professional handymen. Wait a minute, wait a minute. I, th I thought you said I was doing the tip this week. You are. Oh, you threw me off there when you said insightful tips from top professional handyman. Uh, I thought maybe we had a guest doing the segment. <laughs> you know, that's actually a good point. I, I'll have to strike top professionals and change it to uh, mediocre, so-so. Well, wait, wait, hey, hey, now, hold on. Don't overdo it. <laughs> okay, okay. Anyway, here's tip of the week. With that lackluster handyman, my brother, Mark. Well, thank you. Thank you very much. 
that's a sad Elvis imitation. Yeah, but can you tell I'm starting to grow some pork chop sideburns anyway? <laughs> Come on, man. Some tip of the week, okay? Uh oh, okay, right, right. Now, everybody agrees that handy folks do great work. But doing that work can be hard and dirty. And at the end of the day, handy folks' clothing is often covered in a myriad of undesired additives. A myriad of undesired additives? What are you talking about? Yeah, you like that language, don't you? Yeah. I'm talking dirt, grease, oil, paint. Stuff like that. And maybe even some of the stuff that was from your lunch that got down the front of your work clothes. <laughs> but today I'm going to share some solutions for getting out stubborn oil and grease stains. Mm, do they work on brothers too? Uh, nice try. Hey, to start, the overbearing Home Talk Guys mm. legal counsel, as always, gets in the act and requires me to give a disclaimer. <laughs> What works for one person may or may not work for you. Effectiveness may depend on variables such as your water, your washer, and your stains. <laughs> may. <laughs> you know what? I, I actually love a good disclaimer. I, I really think it makes a show. Oh, it makes it all right. Makes it boring. Ooh. Anyway, tip number one. We all know dishwashing soap is formulated to cut through oil and grease found on dishes, pots, and pans. But how about greasy and oily clothes? Well, I'm glad you asked. Wait a minute. I, I didn't ask. Well, you should have with those stains in your clothes. Humor me. <laughs> most, most any grease-fighting dish detergent will work. However, the one I like best is regular Old Dawn. In, you know, Dawn liquid dish soap. Yeah. And I'm not looking for a sponsorship. Use it to pre-treat spots or soak entire garments. Treat, then let it sit for 5 to 15 minutes, then wash in hot water. Now, folks, if your garment has a label that says, do not wash in hot water... Follow the label. Not unless you want your kids wearing your clothes. <laughs> you know, that Dawn dish soap, that's uh, not a bad idea because it might help soften the calloused hands that handy folks are often known for. Well, I'll have you know those calloused hands are a badge of armor. Anyway, on to tip number two. Put oily, greasy work clothes in a tub or bucket, add two to four liters of Coca-Cola, and fill wow. with water until, um, you know, you get your clothes completely covered, and then let it soak overnight. Wash the next morning with regular laundry soap. You know, a variation of this is to pour a can of Coke into the washer with your regular detergent and water, <laughs> then run the load through a normal wash cycle. Some folks who use this technique say it, it even helps deodorize smelly clothes. <laughs> it may, but do you, do you really want your clothes smelling like Coca-Cola? <laughs> Besides, you know what? We are in the South. In the South, we use RC Cola. Well, you know, they say exploration is the mother of invention, so... Just don't complain to me if that fails. Well, if it does, at least we can enjoy the moon pie. Oh, jeez. Are you finished with the jokes? Okay, <laughs> let's get to number three. Try Fells Naphtha heavy-duty laundry bar soap to treat oil and grease stains before washing. It's inexpensive. Hey, and it has a good track record of getting out grease. First, got to wet the stain, rub the wet bar soap over it, then scrub with a toothbrush. Toothbrush, huh? That explains it. That explains what? Those black spots on your teeth. Funny, funny, funny. There's no black spots on my teeth. You use an old toothbrush, you knucklehead. As a side note, Bell's Naphtha can also remove poison ivy resin from clothing. Oh, man, as easily as I get poison ivy, I'll have to actually take note of that and try it out. Yeah, well, there'd be no time like the present for you to go do that. <laughs> okay. A tip number four. Dab a grease stain with pine salt. Then launder as usual. However... Be sure to pull the garment out of the wash to air dry before transferring the rest of the load to the dryer. You mm. do not want the pine, pine saw fumes hitting your dryer. You know, pine saw is an interesting idea. It'll add that nice nutty smell and, and save on the cost of deodorant. 
don't you have something else you could be doing during this segment <laughs> so I could get on with it? Now, my final tip, try cornstarch. Hold on. Hold on. Oh, here you go. Cornstarch, are you moving on to chafing and unsightly rashes? Hey, why don't you go disinfect something and let me finish? <laughs> cornstarch can often remove stains, especially older set-in stains. Older, older, kind of like him. <laughs> older. Uh, lay the garment flat, pile cornstarch on top of the stain, then let it sit for an hour or so. Brush the cornstarch off and remove any residue with a damp rag. Do not use this cornstarch for any cooking after this. If there's still a trace of the stain, treat with the grease-cutting liquid dish soap, as I mentioned earlier. All right. Those are some excellent tips. But keep in mind that even these brilliant tips from my brother... Wait, wait a second. Who wrote this? Anyway. <laughs> Who cares? They're my brilliant tips. <laughs> these tips won't necessarily conquer every stain. Sometimes a trip to a great sponsor like Hank's Hardware and Haberdashery will be required. Yeah, that's, that's true, especially if you want to keep looking spiffy on the job. Hey, you know, speaking of Hanks and stuff, we have other sponsors, so let's take a break for a holiday message from another longtime Home Guys Talk sponsor. Good idea. This is the Home Talk Guys Radio Network, and we'll be right back. <laughs> Slam Jim here, owner, undertaker, and head makeup artist at the last stop funeral home and taxidermy. It's that time of year again to get ready for Halloween. We are running a special on our Halloween makeup sessions. I've never had a customer complain about my work. <laughs> also, remember, we turned the old place into the best haunted house in the Sawmill Valley. Unlike those cheap imitators, we have real bodies. <laughs> so grab your friends, get dressed up, and come to the last stop funeral home in taxidermy for the scariest night of your life. <laughs> and as we always say, whether it be a deer you want stuffed or a deer one you want buried, or vice versa. We can handle it here at the last stop funeral home and taxidermy. Now back to the two creepiest guys on the radio, Ken and Mark. Hey, you know, that sounds like a hauntingly good idea. We're going to have to get down there and check it out. Uh, for sure. Slim's events are always lively. I mean, uh, spirited. Real bodies, huh? Maybe this would be a good time for a word from a non-scary advertiser. Right. Thanks. Good idea. You know, the Home Talk guys have great sponsors like Slim's, Slim Jim, and we have great advertisers like the new Laugh and Learn Young Reader book series for kids. Books that adults just might chuckle at, too. The Laugh and Learn Young Reader's book is pleased to offer a great new book for kids, it's titled Bananas, and it offers a delightfully silly look into the founding of one of our favorite fruits, the banana. Full of colorful, whimsical pictures, this new Laugh and Learn Young Reader book is sure to bring a smile to parent and child. And it can be purchased through our website at hometalkguys.com. Please check it out. Yep. Hey, folks, in addition to Laugh and Learn Young Reader series books, you can also check out past up-and-comer songs and brain twisters on our website, hometalkguys.com. Now, 
I have, I have breaking news that um, starting next week, October 24th, Home Talk Guys will be on at 9 a.m. Eastern and 8 a.m. Central on this very same station. And this network. friends and neighbors, handy folks everywhere, grab the pencil from behind your ear and a block of scrap wood off the old wood pile. We have a new segment on the Home Talk Guys radio show. It's time for a little fun and excitement with some swapping shop. And look, Mark, the phones are lit up. So let's take a call. Hello, you're on the swapping shop with Mark and Ken, the Home Talk Guys. Yes, hello. This is Harold of 320 Dead End Circle. I'd like a medium pepperoni and cheese thin crust pizza, please. Uh, 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 sir, this is a swapping shop. I, I think you've called the wrong number. Now, let me see here. I wrote down the number. Let me find my glasses. Uh, 706-657-7594. That's our number. Of course it is, Sonny. Good. Then I'd like a medium pepperoni and cheese thin crust pizza, please. But, sir, this is the swapping shop. We sell things. That's why I'm calling, Sonny. I want you to sell me a medium pepperoni and cheese thin crust pizza. But we don't sell Now that. listen here, Sonny. You may think you can get out of work by not taking my order, but I'll find out your boss's name and I'll report you. I may be old now, but I was young once. I know your game. <laughs> Sir, no game. It's not that I don't want to fill your order, but well, we don't... good. Then I'll take a medium pepperoni and cheese thin crust pizza, please. Sir, what I'm trying to say... What is, is... your name, Sonny? It's Ken, but that's... Ken, not... but is that really your name? <laughs> Sir, my name is Ken, but my... Listen here, Ken, but I know where you work, and I'm not too old to come down there and tell your boss just how you treat your senior citizens that call... If I have to come down there, you're going to get a wedgie that you've never experienced before. Maybe even a little Indian sunburn. And you better be glad your parents didn't name you Harry. Oh, sir, please, please listen to me. This is a swapping shop. We sell stuff. We don't make anything. Now, come on, Ken Butts. You think just because I'm old, I can't think straight? Or maybe you just think folks my age don't have enough teeth to eat a pizza. <laughs> sir... I don't have any idea how old you are. And I'm 86. 86. That's an 8 and a 6 for you young people who can't add. But I still have all my teeth and all my marbles. Do you even know what marbles are, Ken? But I know you can't sell pizza if you don't make it. And you keep saying you sell stuff. Sir, we do. We sell stuff. Well, then I'd like you to make me a medium pepperoni and cheese thin crust pizza. And then sell it to me. Do you hear me, Ken, but... Yes, sir, but this is the Home Talk Guys swapping shop. Now, Sonny, stop with your butts. You're starting to get me perturbed. I simply want a medium pepperoni and cheese thin crust pizza. Oh, I, I give up. <laughs> a medium pepperoni and cheese thin crust pizza, yes, sir. It'll be there shortly. Much better, Sonny. You know, your generation would come to find work more rewarding than all of your silly efforts to avoid it. And by the way, Sonny, just a little business advice from an old-timer. Swap and shop is not a very good name for a pizza store. <laughs> Goodbye. Wow. I am worn out. 
Let's uh, take a short break while I call Dommy's Pizza and Pasta and order Walter, or is it Harold, whatever the guy's name was, his medium pepperoni and cheese thin crust pizza. Yeah, I think for our first swap and shop day, that's enough. So, um, hey, this is the Home Talk Guys Radio Network. Give us a call with your home and home repair questions. Our number is 706-657-7594. Unless you're calling for a pizza, don't call that number. <laughs> you can almost also email us your questions at questions at hometalkguys.com. We'll be right back after your Puriel word from an exclusive Home Talk Guys sponsor. <laughs> Master Bob of Buzzcut here. As a new owner of Unky Dunky's Roundback Tonsorial, I want to invite you to try us out for all your grooming and toiletry needs. Our barbers have years of experience, and we guarantee the best cut of your life or your money back. We carry a full line of toiletries from shave cream to deodorant, and we have the smells that hard-working, handy people enjoy, like fresh-cut pine and oak, freshly-cut grass, that's the legal kind, compost, and even treated lumber. At Unky Dunkies, we still give a close hot lather shave with a straight blade razor, shopping the old-fashioned way on a real leather strap, and we have never had a customer bleed out. We also offer a true spit shine for your shoes while you wait, except on days when Homer forgets his chew or his teeth. At Unky Dunky's Roundback Tonsorial, we groom the men and women that build and rebuild this wonderful country. Yes, women, you are welcome to Unky Dunky's too. Layered, feathered, bobbed, knotted, or bunned with an easy access pencil. We'll keep you the center of attention at the job site and the home site. We even offer discreet hot lather shades for those embarrassing lady mustaches. So come visit us at Unky Dunky's. Park in front of Porky's world-famous meatless barbecue and come round back for a grooming experience handy people rave about as unforgettable, hard to describe, unlike any other, and it'll grow back. Unky Dunky's Roundback Tonsorial. From head to toe, we groom for show. Welcome back to the Home Talk Guys radio show. We are Ken and Mark, the Home Talk Guys, here to assist with all things home and home repair. Yep. <clears throat> well, or, hey, anything else with which you may be wrestling. Ooh, speaking of wrestling. Wrestling? <laughs> wrestling. Were you able to do a, pile, a tombstone pile driver on last week's Brain Twister? Uh, come back, good buddy. Uh, tombstone what? A tombstone pile driver. You know, like The Undertaker. WWE, capiche? Hey, if you're asking me if I was able to solve last week's brain twister, then just say... Yeah, 10-4, good. Some 10-4 sawman, over. Well, the answer is yes, but the question is, what's with the CB talk? Hey, you started it. Besides, I have great admiration for those jockeys of the freeway, over. Um, we got a bear in the air at mile marker 210, good, buddy. What's your 20? Uh, my 20 is reality, goofball. Hey, <laughs> now how about reading last week's Brain Twister? All right, but my handle's not goofball. Well, it should anyway. be. <laughs> All right, last week's Brain Twister went like this. My brother was rummaging around the attic of a flipper house we were remodeling, looking through piles of old clothes left behind. 
As he tried on various pairs of pants, because he's frankly too cheap to buy new ones, he came across five short chains, each made of four gold links. Like Jed Clappett, finding gold, he saw dollar signs and started thinking about loading up his truck and moving to Beverly Hills, that is. Swimming pools. Movie stars. You got it. Then it occurred to him that if he combined the five short chains into one big loop of 20 links, it would be incredibly valuable necklace. So he brought the chains uh, to a jeweler who told him the cost of making the five chains into a necklace of one would be $100 for each gold link that the jeweler had to break and then reseal. So, placing his Beverly Hills realtor on hold, my brother took the jeweler's quote and calculated the least amount he'd have to pay to turn the five chains into a single necklace. The question was, what's the lowest cost my brother would have to pay? Okay, here's the big question. Were you able to answer it? Well... Of course, I was able to answer it, but I'm really sad to report the value of the necklace wasn't nearly enough to move to Beverly Hills. So, for now, I'm stuck here with you. <laughs> well, you may not be Jed Clappett rich, but, you know, I do like the rocking chair you put in the bed of your truck. Very <laughs> Clappett-esque, if that's a word. So, anyway, what's your answer? Well... But first of all, I'm just hoping nobody noticed the rocking chair missing from in front of Cracker Barrel. <laughs> but the most straightforward approach would be to break a link in each of the five chains and then reattach the link to the back of the next chain in the loop. This would cost me 500 big ones for the five links that were broken and resealed. But through application of my mathematical mind, I was actually able to get this done for 400 bucks. Mm, come back, Sawman. Do tell. Well, instead of breaking a link in each chain, I had the jeweler break all four links in one chain and then use those four links to attach the remaining four chains together. Ooh, very wise. You're learning, Grasshopper. All right, do we have a winning listener? Hey, all of our listeners are winners. <laughs> then you're going to go need to get an extra gift card because I only bought one funny who's cheap now <laughs> all right who's this week's winner well this week's winner selected from among all the correct answers we received and i'm sad to say none of them came in on a pt100 full face gas mask <laughs> it was pam d of south pittsburgh tennessee Ooh, excellent work pam d in south pittsburgh tennessee hey we'll be in contact soon so uh watch your spam email for the home talk guys <clears throat> and thanks for listening, Pam. Hey, you know, I was really hoping that chain would be my ticket to a life of luxury in Beverly Hills. You know, Cement Pond, Granny, <laughs> Jethro. Hey, 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 chin up, don't worry. Uh, you wouldn't be, you wouldn't like it there anyway. You wouldn't fit in. Hey, well, you might be right on that fact. For sure. All right. Now, how about we do this week's Brain Twister? That's a good idea. That, that'll help divert my attention away from not going to Beverly Hills. Let's hear it. <laughs> All right, you ready? Let's see. Pencils up. Back in the early days of Sawmill Valley, a young lumberjack named Lars came to the area to work and raise a family. Lars and his wife had two sons. As time went on, Lars' wife passed away and was soon followed by Lars, leaving only Lars' two adult sons behind. In his will, Lars directed his sons to race their horses, and the one with the losing horse was to receive all of Lars' inheritance, which had appreciated nicely over the years. So the two sons set a day, mounted their horses, and had a race. However, the race never finished. Wait a minute. What kind of brain twister is this if there's no ending well, to it? Well, just hold on. 
the race never ended because both sons were holding their horses back so as not to cross the finish line first. It's like a loser wins problem. <laughs> so to solve the problem, while still honoring their father's wishes, the sons decided to consult a local wise man named Stevik. The sons explained the situation to Stevik and asked him what they should do. Sage Stevik pondered a moment, spat upon the ground, and then provided the brothers with guidance. The brothers then returned home, determined to race again, only this time at full speed with the intent to be the first to cross the finish line. Question for this week's Brain Twister, what advice did the sage Stevik give the brothers? Very interesting. Ah, <laughs> laughing, all right. Hey, and I have heard stories about the wise man Stevik, by the way. They say he died here in the early 1900s and that he lived in a hollowed-out, giant oak tree somewhere close to where the lumberjack lodge currently sits i heard that i also heard he existed on honey and locusts boy you dingling that was john the baptist not stevic all right well maybe that's where he got the idea anyway if any of our listeners think they know what advice the wise man stevic gave lars two sons email us your answer for a chance to win a sweet home talk guys prize that's right well they can email their answer to mail at hometalkguys.com or for an enhanced chance of winning, they can place their answer on the dash of a carefully restored 1956 Ford F-100 half-ton pickup. And make sure that pickup has a 223-cubic-inch Power King V8 engine <laughs> uh -huh. that puts out a whopping 167 horsepower. Also, it needs to have a three-speed manual transmission with overdrive. And be sure it also has both the wraparound windshield and back window. And on top of all that, make sure it has seatbelts, as 1956 was the first year Ford offered seatbelts in their F-100. <laughs> Once you've got that package all together, gingerly drive this beauty to the Lumberjack Lodge and leave the keys and the title signed over to Mark, that's Mark with a C, in a plastic <laughs> bag on top of the rear driver's side tire. <laughs> yeah, right. You know those trucks fetch more than like $60,000 these days. Hey. You never know. You know, we have a great audience out there, and we might have a listener who has one just sitting around and is looking for a chance to unload uh -huh. it. You said we were offering a sweet prize. <laughs> Our prize is sweet, but it's not that sweet. It's a $25 gift certificate of your choice to either Ace, Lowe's, or Home Depot. Hardly an even swap for a 1956 Ford F-100. You know, if you're going to keep up this negative attitude, when that truck shows up, I'm not going to give you a ride anywhere. <laughs> yeah, right, whatever. All right, let's move on to a listener's email, okay? Listener, here's one from listener Amy from Ringgold, Georgia. She writes, Dear Home Talk guys, we are building a new home and are considering geothermal rather than traditional gas or electric HVAC. What are your thoughts on this? Either way, it's a big expense for us, so we want to be as educated as possible. Thanks, Amy and Ringgold. Man, for one thing, we know Amy's a sharp lady. She's looking for education, so she turns to the professors of all things, home and home repair. That's us. <laughs> I agree, although I think Dean Gage over at the Sawmill Community College uh, may take exception. You know, I, I'm, I'm not sure he really knows anything. You know, he's a blowhard with a bow tie, and you know the old saying about those who do, those who can do, do yeah. and those who can't. Teach. <laughs> now we've alienated some other listeners. <laughs> Anyhow, let's help Amy out with oh, her problem. All right, all right, all right. Amy, hey, when evaluating geothermal heating, whether geothermal heating is right for you. Easy for you to that's say. That's right. It's smart to consider some basics. For example, geothermal units are usually, are always situated inside the home. 
thereby avoiding the need for outdoor air conditioning compressors or package units that come standard on traditional systems and are exposed to the elements on a regular basis. Yeah, and beside the weather elements, you've got the leaves and rodents, which can cause you a lot of trouble with outside equipment. They sure can. You know, I had a mouse get into the compressor outside, and it shorter, shorted out the whole system. Gee, boy, those little buggers. They are determined, especially when the weather gets bad. Mm -hmm. Anyway, geothermal units can remain active at all times at both ends of the temperature range, whereas most traditional heating and cooling systems cycle off and on more regularly to keep your indoor temperatures where you want. That's right. And often the traditional systems deliver temperature fluctuations or allow the formation of unwanted hot or cold spots. And as we all know, it seems like those cold spots are always where? Well, just, just outside, outside the, the shower. shower. <laughs> anyway, probably the most notable advantages offered by geothermal energy come in terms of performance. For starters, the geothermal units are expected to function for up to 25 years which is generally longer than traditional heating and cooling systems. Hey, knock on wood, my traditional Amana system is still going strong after 25 years. Well, there, there's a couple good reasons for that. One is you had an excellent guy build your house. <laughs> uh, not me, of course. And also because you keep your house like a sauna in the summer and a freezer in the winter so that you hardly ever has to turn on. Hey, hey, hey. 25 years is 25 years in my book. In any event, maintenance of geothermal units is often less overall uh, than traditional systems. Of, of course, it all depends on use in the environment. Yeah, no. Another major factor you'll want to consider, Amy, is that geothermal systems rely exclusively on renewable energy source and thus are often subject to tax credits from one of those big government agencies that can save you some big money on installation. <laughs> Perhaps one of the biggest selling points with geothermal is that monthly operating costs are generally much lower than traditional technologies and tend to remain more consistent over the long haul. In fact, the Environmental Protection Agency, our wonderful governmental agency, has designated geothermal heating as an ideal green-friendly heating and cooling alternative. And geothermal is not without a couple minor downsides. That's true. Which, you know, and this is... You know, depending on your situation, your installer will be able to advise you on this. But you need to have a, a lot, a piece of land that's either large enough for large trenches with piping in them or an area to drill several wells. The other uh, slight downside is the initial cost is kind of high. A geothermal system will cost up to 40% more than traditional HVAC systems. Although, like solar, the cost of geothermal is coming down. That's true, and keep in mind the possibility that recouping those initial higher costs through energy savings could take as little as four years. However, they could take as long as 15 years, depending on the utility rates in your area and the cost of installation. Also, depending if you're like my brother and you never use it. <laughs> All right, good luck, Amy. We hope we've helped bring some clarity to the decision-making process. You know, it feels good to provide a little elucidation to one hopelessly mired in the shadows of uncertainty. What? Man, that language you use. Hey, perhaps old Dean Gage will consider us for the next vacancy at the community college. Perhaps, uh, but unlikely. Not after I made that can-do comment, <laughs> right. huh? He, he didn't ingratiate us to him. Anyway, while we wait, what do you say we give a listen to that world-renowned minimalist designer, Ivanta Egon? Is she in town? As she was. And our traveling microphone was able to listen in. Boy, you know, that traveling mic is amazing. You know, I'm all about minimalism. Uh, hey, you know, homes today just have way too much clutter. <laughs> so let's listen to what she has to say. 
Miss Egon, it's an honor to have you in our home. We have read so much about your design awards. You're a true master. We look forward to seeing your work. Thank you, darling. Here it is. This is our family room. It's been a special place for family gatherings for more than 20 years, but it's time for an update. Yes, Sebastian, I see. It is almost um, suffocating. And what are those ghastly paintings? On paper plates, even. Oh, those are handprints done by our children when they were in kindergarten. They're precious to us. Yeah, but your children have matured, and you must too. We will get rid of them. And these? What? Ah, those are my high school and college graduation rings. I worked hard to earn those. Yeah, good for you. I want them gone. Gone? Darling, great design is minimalistic. Bauhaus, form follows function. Less is more, and more is too much. That is great design. Do you understand? Not really. We've never hired an interior designer before. We tried to find pictures of your final designs, but we weren't able to. All the articles we read about you contain pictures of barren, cold, new construction before you decorated. Cold and barren. You are too kind. Oh, my darling. Those pictures showcase my work. Each a striking example of minimalist design. You must free yourselves from the excessive and overly decorative and focus on raw material and brutal simplicity. There was definitely raw material in the pictures we saw. Unfinished drywall, concrete floors, and a single light bulb dangling from the ceiling. John joked it looked like an interrogation room. <laughs> <laughs> Charming. I have been in interrogation room for many hours. They have no design. Two chairs and a table. It is too much. Great design juxtaposes the raw and brutal to make beauty that defies words. <gasps> yeah, raw and brutal. They remind me of my Boris. Excuse me? Oh, never mind. We will remove all the furniture and place a single wooden chair in the corner of the room. There. That will beckon. Come, sit here. A single chair, but we saved for years to buy this full-grain leather seating, and it's so comfortable. Comfort? <laughs> in Russia, we have a saying, pain is good. You must trust me. Remember, raw and brutal. Let go of comfort. It is pain that motivates. What? Pain? A single wooden chair in a family room? But where will we all sit? I am not concerned with such questions. I am an interior designer. Oh my, what have we done? Now wait a minute, Miss Egon. We hired you because you won awards for your work. Surely you must consider your client's needs and vision when developing your design. Have I asked you about your needs or vision? No. Good. 
I will design for you, and you will like it. It will be magnificent. But... But... Enough. What is this? That's an urn with my grandfather. Not needed. <laughs> Look here. We hired you to redesign our family room. A place where our family gathers to enjoy each other's company and relax. And you are destroying it. Small cat. Excuse me? Silence. My design will bring you peace. That is what the soul longs for. I will be back soon. Prochez. Pro what? Prochez. Russian, goodbye. Oh, John, we made a terrible mistake. You have to tell her. Tell her? She doesn't listen. And her Boris likes brutality. And she likes pain. She is nuts. Well, maybe she is right. Maybe our souls long for peace. I mean, I like peace. Are you crazy? No, I'm just scared. Now, come on, let's get all this stuff in the garage before she comes back and makes us throw it away. I'll start vacuuming up your grandfather. Wow, now that's truly minimalist design. Yeah, that's even a little too minimalist for me. <laughs> I hope they were able to get all of her grandfather's asses back in that urn. <laughs> hey, say, were you able to catch the up-and-comer this week down at the Big Bucks Coffee House and Wild Game Cafe? Negatory, good buddy. The wife has me uh, getting the house ready for a baby shower. What? A baby shower? Are you telling me at your age you're expecting? <laughs> Negatory. It's for a friend. Oh, man, that's good, because you, you would be maybe older than Abraham when Isaac was born. <laughs> anyway, Clayton T., manager of Big Bucks, brought in Andy Meldrum from Nashville, Tennessee. He is hot. Let's give a listen to a song he called Gloria Fay.
Yeah, you know, we may be tucked away here in the Sawmill Valley, but old Clayton T can attract the talent. That he surely can. Hey, I see we're about uh, to the end of this week's show, so how about we share a few ideas to prepare the homes and the curtilage for what? What are you doing? Hey, come on, admit it. It, That looks like a real rabbit on the cave wall, doesn't it? Come on. (laughs) Would you stop it with the hand gestures in front of the flashlight? You're wasting precious battery time. I told you, we lose that flashlight and finding our way out of this cave is not going to be easy. Relax. Unlike my long johns, I put a fresh batteries in this before we started this show. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway, folks, here are a few tips to get your home ready for the coming winter. All right. Tip one, check your home exteriors for air leaks and rodent entry points. Hey, and remember, mice can fit through a hole the size of a dime, you sometimes know, smaller. That's right. I just went through that exercise this past week. It's surprising what you can find when you're looking closely at the exterior of your home. That's right. And hey, folks, on our website, hometalkguys.com, we do have a monthly checklist. But for this time of year, especially important are things like cleaning your gutters. And just because you clean them now doesn't mean they're going to stay clean all winter. Especially if you have pine trees around your home like I do. Uh, you got to get your beds in the yard ready for winter, prep your sh- uh, your shrubs and flowers. And really important, if you have an irrigation system or any outside water systems, you need to drain them down and winterize before the freezing comes. If your ceiling fans in your house happen to be running the right way for summer, you'll need to reverse them from winter. So it should be pulling the air up instead of pushing it down. Right. And really important, get your HVAC system, your heating system up to date. Change your filter, and if it's time for a tune-up, Call your HVAC installer or serviceman. That's also, a, that's especially important if you have a gas heater. So make sure there's no gas. Yeah, leaks. you don't want. And test your smoke and carbon monoxide detectors, which is again very important. All right, man. A gas heater. You know we don't have the studio all day, so we got to wrap this up. Show's almost over. Okay. Well, as you can see, homeowners have a lot to do, and their job's never done. But. I really wish we could keep going. Oh, wait a minute. Wait a minute. The little screwdriver's almost on the hour, and the big crowbar is approaching the 12. <laughs> so we need to wrap things up for this week. We hope you've learned a little, laughed a little, and tell a friend to join us next week. Remember, it's 9 a.m. next week. We are always on the lookout for up-and-coming musical talent. If you know any that would like to be considered for our Big Bucks musical segment, email us at mail at hometalkguys.com. That's right, 9 a.m. Eastern, 8 a.m. Central next week on the Home Talk Guys Radio Network when we love good music. And remember to check us out online at hometalkguys.com. We have all kind of information, including the brain twister there. And our podcast is on any reputable decent <laughs> website that does podcasts. Just search for the Home Talk Guys. Relationship questions, email us, mail at hometalkguys.com. Surely you ask to the rescue. We'll try to answer them. Well, that's it from 333 feet underground here in the Sawmill Valley where every garage has a workbench, every home has a honey list, and almost every mail puts a seat down. Uh-oh. So now let's go out and Uh-oh. do Uh-oh. some I've got, good. I've got a problem here. Got oh a problem. man, great! You're screwing around with that flashlight. Used up all the battery. There's no more light. Hey, I think I found a big stalactite. Hey, wait, you you knucklehead! That's my nose, not a stalactite. Oh, sorry. Jeez. Yo, good night, Max. Good night, Vincenzo. Thank <laughs> you.